sustainability isn't a dest isn't a destination. It's a journey. So it's, it isn't a, a, a snapshot and said this this is what it'll look like. It's it's a series of of, of values and a series of uh, it's a direction of travel. Like and you'll never actually get there. Like so it's it's impossible to get there. But it's you need to keep on reevaluating, reassessing as 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 life goes on, as time goes on. So it's important to to take it again. We go back go back to the pauses. It's, it's to take the time intermittently, like you know, periodically, to say okay, stop. Now, where are we? Reassess, re re regroup. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? This is this 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 this, this is our north star. Are we still going? Still going? Going towards it? and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. I'm Karen Sook, and today I will speak with Chris Caldwell. Chris Caldwell is the CEO of United Renewables with over 15 years of leadership in sustainable business. He led 40 plus renewable projects and fosters a sustainability-focused workplace culture. Chris hosts the Conversation on the Climate podcast, bringing insightful perspectives. Beyond business, Chris, a family-oriented leader, enjoys skiing, gym workouts, and school volunteering. His commitment to continuous learning enhances his sustainability advocacy. Join us as we explore how sustainable businesses' practices shape the clean tech landscape and play a pivotal role in attracting and retaining a top talent for a brighter, greener future. So, Chris, thank you for joining. Thank you so much for inviting me, Karen. It's a great pleasure to be on. Me too. So let's start with a personal question. I would be happy to hear how did you discover your own personal leadership philosophy that you currently use in your work and leadership? Okay, perfect. Thank you. Well, I think it might help if I start with saying what my personal leadership philosophy is. <laughs> sure. So um, it's really, it's, 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 it's blindingly simple, actually. Um, what I believe is that for work to be fulfilling uh, or even just barely sustainable, um, it has to fit with your own values in the long run. We can all suck up a lot of stuff in the short term, but in the long run, you need to, it needs to it needs to have some sort of resonance with your own purpose. And of course, individuals are complex. You can have um, emphasize different parts of your your personality, be it be it home or away. But you can't be say at home saying 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 to your children, you know, be kind, you know, share your toys, respect your teachers, don't fight with the classmates, and then go into the office and go, don't be kind, take that, fight that, take that on. Is you, know, you need to have some sort of um, some sort of sort of you know alignment with it all. I think, like for me, job satisfaction is being able to go home to your to your loved ones and saying, "This is what I did today." But say it was genuine pride. You know, it's like I, I I believe in what I'm doing. I think that's that's really really important. So. And so to the story, <laughs> the story, um, a lot of dominoes have to fall for you to end up in a particular place. And so just kind of one, one story that kind of, that's very spring to when you asked the question is I was, before I, I, I became, I'd say one of the good guys, <laughs> I was working in investment banking for, 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 for a large, large number of years. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was doing well. I was at, uh, you know, head of a desk and uh, was going, was negotiating the closing of, closing of a deal. 
My OPSID number, um, at the time, it became clear there was a few things we needed to get over. So we were so like, you know, she picked the phone, uh, called home, said, oh, no, no, I'm not going to be back tonight. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be out late. So anyway, come two, three o'clock in the morning, we finally got through the various bits and pieces that we had had to get through. Got to get everything all signed up. You know, congratulations. Favorite Patty's about to other than back. Um, and I asked, you know, so you know, I heard, heard the phone call earlier on. And the phone call, as it turns out, was to her daughter, to her, her 21-year-old daughter, who was in the morning, so like a very few short hours later, immigrating to New Zealand. So this creature that she had raised in her house for 21 years, that spent all like all days, every day with, with them from a young from a young age up until education, like this this was like one of the, the most important person in her life was going to the other side of the planet. And it was more important to her that we could we finish this deal than it was to have a last meal before her daughter immigrates. They get back back to a stage of like maybe seeing each other once a year, twice a year if they're really lucky, more likely once every couple of years. Like that's that's a that's a reality. A complete life transformation for both. And the priority, her her taking that as a priority over her taking this as a priority, I mean, like finishing this deal as a priority over spending the time with the daughter was a real kind of wake up call to me. So my goodness, is that, is that really, is that really, really where, where, where life is? Is there not more, more to life than this? So there, so that was, that was one of those dominoes that fell. Then, you know, financial crisis hit, great financial crisis hit. And there was, there was the, the moment, the moment of, of pause where you can kind of step off the hamster wheel um, and say, and taking that moment, taking, taking that time to, to really sit back and evaluate what you want to do. I thought it was like hugely valuable and something I've taken into life ever since. Because once you're on the hamster wheel, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't ever, ever reflect because there's no time. Like you're, you're working eight hours a day, you're in, you're in, you're out, you're trying to spend a little bit of time, time with friends and family. It was all precious, but you never get a chance to actually think. Hugely, hugely important piece of advice for anyone out there is to take that time to actually think. Financial crisis gave me that, and I've take, taken and taken on board since. So went up, did did my MBA, um, and left. Went into the MBA as a banker and came out as a as a kind of sustainability, uh, clean tech, clean tech entrepreneur. That's my story. <laughs> I lo- I love your energy. You speak Thank even you. quicker than me. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to track what you're saying, mm-hmm. but you know what I heard it, you say that what was a great your leadership philosophy? It's this moment that makes you realize what's important for you, mm-hmm. the priorities and the ability to really pause and ponder about our values and to act according to our values instead of being acting on life itself without choosing and thinking right ahead. Mm-hmm. How does this actually connect it to your sustainability philosophy? Mm-hmm. Well, um, okay, sustainability philosophy is all about exactly that. It's all about long-term thinking. Like mm. if you are looking, so so sustainability, all like just just as a simple word, all that it means is something that will last. It will continue. <laughs> so it's it isn't it isn't a particularly you know complex complex concept. Although it's it's been to um, it's been been politicized and it's been it's been there's been some 
unfortunate associations made with sustainability. But really, all it is, it's, it's the, the steps that as a bit, and I'm talking about corporate sustainability rather than personal, but it's, it's the steps you need to take to survive and then thrive in the long term. So it's, it, it allows you to, to spot uh, and avert the, the showstoppers, things that could end your business. That's a really important thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also will allow you to be growing your business. Like there's a very a recent and very well-quoted uh, McKinsey, McKinsey study, which I can, I can share, share that I can, if you like, uh, which shows that um, over a 15-year period, um, firms that build sustainability into their into their ethos um, have got a forty seven percent increase in revenue uh, compared to those who don't. Like that's that's huge. Like I know, obviously, there's there's compounding in that, and so it's like it's it's a few percent a year, but it is it is huge in the in the medium term, 10, 15, 15 year time horizon. That's that's very material. So if you take like for as a person who owns and operates and runs a business, if if you can avoid reduce your risks, avert those avert those showstoppers, increase your revenue, what is your business? But your business is the value of all of the future cash flows. So you get a longer term, a longer time horizon of your business making more money. Mm-hmm. So therefore, your voice is business more valuable today. Like, you know, people do think, oh no, it's sustainability. Oh, it's an expensive thing to do. For me, it's an expensive thing not to do. So I'll just give you, give you one one more example. Um, so I'm sitting here in in, in London, London Business School, as you, as you mentioned. I do a lot of kind of volunteering and work work with the school. Um, but one of the professors, um, a guy by the name of Alex Edmonds, really super super guy. Look look him up if you if you if you have a bit of time. Um, he did a, a long study which was looking at the hundred best companies uh, to work for. You know you know that 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 index, hundred best companies to work for. Yeah. And he found that that on average you can get between two point three and three point eight percent increase in your stock price for being on that list. So again, another kind of metrics of like running sustainable business, looking after your employees, gives you more of a more value to your business. I, for me, sustainability—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. If you're you're doing the things that allows you to survive and to increase your profitability in the long run, it shouldn't be—it shouldn't be controversial. It's a bit like climate change. Like, how is climate change a controversial topic? We all need to live on this planet. We shouldn't be arguing about this. But anyway, that's, that's yeah, an so entirely me, different conversation. <laughs> for me, when I'm talking about sustainability, it's like connected to the environment, right? The ability to live here longer. This is what. Connects for me. Maybe it's only for me. This is why I'm pondering on it. So you're saying it's not exactly connected to the environment change and climate. It can be much more wider than this. Is actually the paradigm of thinking long term, not only short term. How I create added value in the long term for my clients, and then I increase my business. Right. Absolutely. It is not just about, like, that, that is one of the biggest single misconceptions about sustainability is that it's all about climate. It's all about, and it's not even all about climate. It's all about one molecule, which is carbon. It's not. It's about anything that can, that can stop your business. If you have a look at, at say, a, one of the common ways of looking at sustainability is through the either sustainable development goals for the United Nations, uh, put, put together the SDGs, or even just the concept of ESG. Um, it does environmental, uh, societal, and, go- and government and government's um, matrix. Now, there's only one of that that is anything to do with with environments. Like if you have a look at then governance, like that is that is like making sure you have the right systems and procedures to make sure that your that your CEO doesn't just grab the money, put it put it put it in a sack and run off and run over the hills. Nothing to do with environmental stuff stuff at all. It's just it's about trying to make sure that you look after your stakeholders. You try and look after your employees. You try and try and try and look after your regulators. You try and try and look after um, like anyone who t- who touches your business. Uh, and if you can look after your your, your stakeholders, um, 
so you, like your stakeholders might be like your employees, your investors, suppliers, regulators, um, but even the neighborhood that you're in. Like that's a, these are all all your stakeholders, and if you make all of those guys happy or, or girls happy, um, they'll be sticking with you. You know, they'll be giving you, be cutting you more slack. They might want to be prepared to prepared to be um, you know paying a premium for for your products. Like if they if they they align with what you're doing, they're more likely to, to support you in, what, in whatever way that that's that that stacks up. So it's you're right. It's not just about climate. It's about looking after everybody, and that's also your that is also looking after your investors, looking after your suppliers, looking after regulators. Much much broader than just just the simple. So it's yeah. kind of connecting to the uh, three P paradigm: people, planet, profit, or win win win. It's kind of this kind of a paradigm. It, it is. It What's is the difference. Yeah. It's actually it's the same. No, it's different uh, definitions, but it all has the same kind of spirits to it. Which is going to look after your environment, look after your planet, look after your people, and we'll all be in a better place. And it's pretty hard to argue with that. I'm not, <laughs> you know, there's, there might be there, there, there's fine differences between them, but the overall philosophy is very, very similar. So you know, with your exp- extensive experience in su- sustainable business leadership, how have you seen the integration of sustainable practice impact employees attraction and retention within United? renewables with your company. Can you share any sure. specific examples or success stories that you were able to, to implement in your own company? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so this is about employees. Okay. Um, okay, first point to make is that it's the, something like, I can't remember the, remember the exact stuff, but something like 80% of businesses are currently complaining that there's, like in the, in the, the, kind of the, the global north, kind of the, the, the developed develop world, are saying that they're um, struggling to uh, attract and retain work. You know, it's, it's, it's a bigger right. issue. We've, yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we've essentially hit, hit full employment in, in the, the Northern Hemisphere. And the bad news is that with demographics, this is going to get even tougher. So like by 2030, we're due to have an 85 million skilled worker shortage. That is a big gap for ChatGPT to fill. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't, think, I don't think it's going to get there. Um, and two but thirds, they're saying that the job will change, no? So I'm not sure it's, we, we need the same people to uh, be in the same we, job. No? Yeah, we want the same people, people to, be, to do the same jobs. Work jobs evolve all the time. Like if you go, you go, you go back to the to the days of industrialization or McDonaldization of society, whatever else, people are having the same conversations about oh, all of our jobs are going to go away. You know, but job jobs they they evolve and move on, and hopefully, the ChatGPT and those large language models and AI will take will do what the kind of the, the assembly belts did did for humans uh, humans back in the day, where they stopped us having to do that type of labor and we could do more fulfilling work. Like fingers crossed. Like, you know, the future's not not written, but you know, there's 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 Historic precedent does tend to suggest that that those type of jobs will be the ones that are that are, that are taken away. So, like you know, ch- ch- checkouts in supermarkets are now automated. That was that wasn't the, the world's greatest job anyway. So you know, it's, and we're still with all of those things. Those things going. We're still at full employment. So you know, I'm, I'm okay with that for with that for now. But uh, once we hit that that twenty thirty mark of the eighty five million uh, skilled worker shortage, like two thirds of those guys and girls in the workforce are going to be millennials or Gen Zs. And millennials and Gen Zs are pretty different to 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 to, to us Gen Xers. <laughs> you, know, you you have a look at the um, yeah again back to McKinsey. I don't mean to don't mean to quote, quote McKinsey, but they do produce some pretty good studies. Um, they they came up with another recent study which said forty two percent of um, of of millennials and Gen Zs are prepared to sacrifice um, uh, salary for purpose. 
that's, that's pretty high. And 20% of them, um, I, I'd say that it's at least equal. Mm-hmm. And the other 38% will go and work for Goldman Sachs. And that's fine. You go, go work for Goldman Sachs. Be happy. But <laughs> you've got 62, 62% of people who think that it's at least as important to be, to have purpose, purpose, um, a salary, and 42% of those who think purpose is more important. So we define the kind of the intrinsic motivations of people to to be to be what, what will get them to bring their best uh, their best selves and themselves to work, and to do that, for me again going back going back to the original story that's an alignment of your own personal values and the connections with the people that that that, that you're working with. One of the conflicts, one of the difficulties in that is trying to make sure that you've got diversity within your, your organization as well, because if you're all aligned with the same values, you might end up suffering, suffering diversity. But that's something that, that is a challenge, it's a complicated challenge, uh, but it is, it is one you do need, to, do need to be overcoming because diversity is massively important in any organization. Like mm-hmm. diversity, diversity of opinions, view, view, views. I'm not talking about you know, traditional kind of, you know, like a g- gender, gender, race, color, creed, whatever. I'm talking about how uh, different different ideas right around the table. Like, you know, it's, it, that may well come from people with different backgrounds. Um, mm. But you do find, you do tend to find people uh, tend to be, who are kind of, for example, no matter what race, color, race, color, creed you are, if you're forced into, into the banking industry, they try and mold you to be a particular person at the other end of it. So it's, it's, it's diversity of, of opinions that are, that's re- really important on this. Um, one kind of good example, uh, as, as for as for example, this is a Swedish bank called called Handelsbanki. Uh, you probably come across them, but they've taken a really, to me, brilliant approach <laughs> to to sustainability to to, to, to long term planning. Because yes, they are a bank, but uh, as opposed to taking the, the name Jack to Goldman Sachs again, the Goldman Sachs approach of the kind of qu- qu- quarterly bonus, quarterly reporting, quarterly bonuses, and pushing in that type of um, pressures on short-term performance, what they've said is we'll pay you a normal salary and we'll, we'll, we'll pay you a bonus, but the bonus isn't payable until retirement. So they said, so you, you are messing this, this, this nest egg the whole way through and you need to be sit, sitting in the bank the whole way through. But what that does is it, it is really incentivized the long-term um, interests. So, so it aligns the long-term interests of the institution with the individual. So Hans Banky has has just breezed through, you know, financial crises after financial crises because they're they they don't have the same pressures that the quarterly reporting type 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 of, type of institutions do. It's really good. Could give you could give you examples of how we've done that done this done these things within United Rails, but. We should. You know, I, I can't, I can't just have a running a, a little bit against time. Give, so give me another example of your company that you implemented in your culture. Sure. Okay. So, so um, one of my um, so trying to on, on the recruitment side um, and trying trying to recruit recruit with uh, in line with, uh, with, with 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 goals and with in line with with ideals um, was. We had some, in the office. We had some um, some people who were coming around at the end of the day. Um, they did. Uh, they, they they were cleaning. They were kind of t- taking out the bins and uh, doing doing that 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 type of thing. And um, it was pretty clear in the office that we have like we have wind. We have little wind turbines around the place. We have little solar panels. We have little models of all these things. I got got talking to one of the guys uh, who, who was doing the cleaning, and it became very clear very quickly that he loved this stuff. That he was really 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 into this stuff, and also became very very clear that he was he was very bright, and he was very motivated. Um, and after a few conversations, I just went, listen, this, you clean the bins, it's a wonderful thing to do, but seriously, <laughs> come, work with us. 
like work with us. I think you think you think you'd be great. And he is he is as um, bright, talented, motivated a human being as you as you, you're ever, ever going to come across. Um, and he is really he's our, he's our kind of big internal sustainability champion. So he's the guy we turned to when he wanted to 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 get our everything that we did within our organization within the sustainable development goals. He was the guy who said, "Listen, you are you are our champion of this. You go and you talk to everybody. You talk you talk to the leader of each team of each of each head. You talk talk to everybody the whole way through. You find out what's done." You then mark it off against your own understanding of SDGs. We'll then come back together. We'll put the, put this book together. Put this book together, and we will make sure that our organisation runs, runs in line with this. It's a wonderful, wonderful decision, and um, to, to to be bringing him on. He's been um, been a massive, massive asset, and he's one of those one of those those things where you just you need to be creative and you need to be taking in people from unexpected corners, mm-hmm. and you need to be encouraging. You need to be giving giving. Um, Ownership, give them ownership, right? Give them ownership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, he is, he is as aligned with our purpose as anybody. And he's also he's being a key driver in bringing our purpose to purpose to other people as well. Like it's it's yeah, so. so amazing. It's parallel because you say you give them the option to look long term for your employees to see where can they evolve to see the bigger picture to let them grow and evolve, and then they want to stay with you because they see their vision and they have. And the pathway together, so they're yeah. part of this bigger picture, and then they will go with you. Because if you give them only to do the specific small job that they, you recruited mainly for them for this part partly job, so maybe they won't stay because people are changing, right? People are evolving, people are learning new skills. They want to grow. So you actually, in your culture, create this path for them. You tailor them their positions. You see their strengths and give them the opportunity to evolve. There, right? Yeah, 100%. And just to, 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 to dig, dig in a little bit more, um, to try and get sustainability across and embedded throughout the whole organization, that is, that is a hugely important point. It's about communication. You, you sit down and you talk to, to the key people within, within the organization. You find out what, what they want. You find out what they care about. So like, if your first step is to figure out what, what your purpose is, and that should really be the first, the first step of any organization trying to look to be purpose-driven, what is, so what if you disappear? That, that's the question. Like, what, 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 what problem do you solve? And you sit down, sit down with the team, and you try, you try and figure that one out. And once you get that, that becomes a really clear source of strategic differentiation. Differentiation, easy for me to say. Differentiation, <laughs> differentiation. You know what I mean. <laughs> so many firms don't even get there. Don't even, don't even get that that clarity of thought. It's not like you know Coca Cola who are saying we're here to create good times or whatever. It's like no. Like what, what is really, what is your purpose? I can yeah, I could give you cautionary tales of firm, of firm, firms that firms that go, go the wrong way, but um, or go the right way. But then once you figure out where you are, then you have a look, and then you you do the do that type of analysis, like you benchmark, you look for look for the showstoppers, you focus on the couple of things that you then think will really add value. So it might be um, you know diversity again, as as we say, and or and and then then another one might be carbon. You know, and you focus really in on on, on how to make your firm, your firm do that, uh, be, be better with that. And then once you've understood what people want, you've all agreed these are your big, big goals. You then go into the details. You have to and you have to you have to define them really, really carefully. Break it down 
it isn't about making the big statements of going, we're going to decarbonize by 2030 and then just going to disappear off. Like, like, you need to figure out how you're going to do that. Measure it. See if it's realistic. Then set, 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 set targets in the short term to try and get there. And then, then, only then, once you've done all of these things, then do you communicate it. Because look, it's, 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 it's the worst mistake you can make is we're going to go, we'll go and do this, big, 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 big song and dance, and then nothing happens. Or things might be happening, but you're not communicating because you haven't set, set, set the, the, the short-term targets in there. It's, you know, big, big, big mistakes are made very often in that. That's the single biggest error that people do. Uh, they, they make big proclamations, but don't actually have the plan to put it in place. So what I understand for you, first of all, the communication is a crucial element. Yeah. And to, if we're circling back to the beginning of the conversation, you say we first of all need to pause and to communicate about our values. Who are we as a company? What's important for us? And then looking forward, how we can take it to the details and create the new step, the small baby steps in order to get there. And we, once in a while, we need to pause and see if, on, if we're on the right path or we went away from the path and then fine-tune our way, right? Because otherwise we can... I know companies, I work with companies, you know, in one of my courses, we talked about their why and their value. And they say, you know, we actually don't know anymore what is our why. Like we came here <laughs> like five, six years ago and we're not connected to what's, what's their inner motivation, what's our why. And it's really, you know, they're disengaged. And I think it's a crucial element, as you said. Right. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and one just slight amendment to that. Um, that sustainability isn't a dest isn't a destination. It's a journey. So it's it isn't a, like a snapshot and said this this is what it looked like. It's it's a series of of, of values and a series of uh, it's a direction of travel. Like, mm -hmm. And you'll never actually get there. Like, so it's, it's impossible to get there, but it's, you need to keep on reevaluating, reassessing as, as, as life goes on, as time goes on. So it's important to, to take, again, we go back, go back to the pauses, it's, it's to take the time intermittently, like uh, you know, periodically, to say, okay, stop. Now, where are we? Reassess, re re regroup. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? This is, this, 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 this is our North Star. Are we still going, still going, going towards it? But it's, it's all about, it's about the journey rather than. It's actually able, able to in, in, um, embrace or hold the tension between the long term and the short term, right? Seeing, finding the balance each and every time, right? What do you think about it? Yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. And like, there is, there is going to be trade-offs in the in, in the short term. To, in the short term, it's always cheaper to not do something than it is to do something. But if but if you try to, if you just think in the medium long run of of this, and this is an investment. So it's like people don't kind of criticize um, investments made in R&D. People don't, don't criticize investment, investments made, made in innovations because it's building long -term, the long-term value of the business. This is a very similar concept. You're building the long-term value of the business. Take the, do the investment now and you'll, you'll, and the, you'll, you'll rip the rewards in, the, in years to come. So you're actually inviting leaders and managers to see it as an investment, okay, not throwing the money, but again, connecting it to the broader picture, the long vision and understanding they are, put, they are putting the money now and they will see it increases in the future. So they need to hold, this is actually holding this tension, right? Between the short term and the long term. Exactly. And I want to ask you for organizations looking to embark on this sustainability journey, as you said, what yeah. advice do you have for getting started in a meaningful and impactful way? 
are the common pitfalls to avoid and what steps can leaders take to ensure a genuine commitment to sustainability from the beginning to engage people from this viewpoint yeah, fair. Yeah, so we've we kind of we talked a little little bit about about that as a kind of like finding your purpose and then kind of kind of driving into this. But just for, in more kind of you know practical practical sense, practical advice, um, you need to be talking to your to, to your investors and investors on your boards. So the the arguments there to be made are just what we're talking about. So like it's it's expensive not to do this. Like you'll be losing profits. You're if you do this, you're reducing your risk. Uh, so the first thing you then need to be doing to try and get people to really be bought in in the long run is to get the short-term easy wins. So go, like, one of the easiest things you can possibly do um, on a sustainability uh, point of view is to look at efficiencies. Look at your energy management. Reduce, reduce your waste. Like, every organization has got things that are being wasteful at something. If you reduce that, you reduce your costs, you, you, you increase your profits. That's a really nice, nice and easy win. Just do that. Um, then if you're trying to, trying to get get. Another worry that people have is, is oh, we don't, we're too busy doing resource scarcity. You know, we just don't, we don't, we don't the manpower to be able to do this, the person to be able to do this. Well, fines, like for example, the, the you know the, the the individual in the organization I mentioned earlier on, find a champion and give them some time. If you just you get somebody and say, listen, we're really we think we, this is important to us, this is important to you. Have some time out of your day. Go and do this. Go and talk. Go and talk to people. Here's your project, or or don't even give them a project. Just say so. Find a project we can do. Something that will help 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 the local community. Like it might be you have to clean cleaning cleaning a local park, cleaning cleaning a local local beach, well, beach, whatever else. And just, this is your project. Go go and go and do it. And they, I have never seen an organization, um, organizations productivity fall. When, when, when you have champions going in there, you know, the increased kind of motivation and engagement, you pick the, pick the right person who cares about this stuff, like they bring their best selves in. And that type of, that type of, type of um, motivation is contagious. So mm-hmm. for me, like productivity, like it, it does, it increases with that. It does, does, doesn't decrease. And the last kind of bit of kind of practical advice would be just make sure that you do, again, we kind of, kind of touched on this, but start slow. Pick your small, pick your measurable goals and make sure you're taking them off as you go along. Give, give give the wins, and remember that goals and you know and targets are like they're they're hopes, they're not anxieties. You know you gotta you gotta try and make sure that you 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 you've got a clear sense of progress over time, a progress progress toward towards an, an ultimate target, and you can if you bring that type of alignment uh, into an organization, like benefit benefits will follow will follow. Mm-hmm. Great, I love those uh, tips. You know, considering your dedication to continuous learning, how do you approach uh, staying informed about the latest developments and best practices in sustainability? What resources of strategies do you recommend for this? Although you gave them now, but if you have some more, who want mm-hmm. to stay ahead in a rapidly evolving uh, landscape of business practices. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's this, it's this type of thing. It's like, it's, it's, having, it's having these conversations. Absolutely, I love them. So like I do, I spend quite a lot of time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't do, like I have my own podcast, as I mentioned, uh, where I speak to, to kind of like, you know, like real leaders, leaders within this industry um, from both business, but also from academia. But like half, half, of, our, uh, half of our guests are, are academics. 
and you know the the privilege that it is to sit down with like kind of world leading academics and ask them whatever you want for like an hour and a half is just as wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, so I learn a huge amount from that. I also spend, spend spend quite a lot of time going to conferences and talking to people. I like talking at conferences and do doing whatever. Just trying to network and trying trying to stay 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 on top. Um, do a lot of reading. There's there's some great resources out there. Um, Canary Media, um, Carbon Brief, very, very good, good on, on the sustainability side. Um, I say, read up on Alex Edmonds. Um, he's he, he's he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Professor here at London Business School. Uh, professor Ionis Ayanu, another wonderful London Business School professor here. Really kind of cutting edge um, uh, think, thinkers on sustainability. Um, but yeah, you can see them set 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 your your LinkedIn alerts set to set your your Google alerts alerts for these things, and uh, just make sure you talk to people. Like you, it's, it's people on the ground are 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 learning lessons, and there's rarely a person that you meet that you can't learn something from. I love it. Say in order to stay informed, connect with people, learn from people, learn from the wisdom of the crowd. Right? There's a lot of wisdom and knowledge from the experience, from the theories, and be connected to what's happening and communicate. Yeah. Chris, is there, before we need to wrap up, is there any question that I didn't ask you and you want to talk about? Oh, you know? oh that's unfair. That's unfair. There's a million things, <laughs> things, things I'd like to talk, talk about. Yeah. Um, what I, okay, let's, let's say, why is it important to be caring about the climate, about the planet? I don't know. I, 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 I could, could probably get a little existential on that one. <laughs> no, go with it. I'm with you. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, for me, I think that um, we should all care about uh, about, about you know, the, the, the planet that we're living on because we've only got one planet. There is no planet, planet B. And if we for it is impossible for us to have a kind of a sustainable future without a sustainable planet. You know, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't have a sustainable economy without it, without a sustainable planet. Um, the way that the way that things are going, um, unless we make some bit, some pretty, some pretty big changes, um, we will be hitting all sorts of like uh, climatic um, tipping points within the next decade. And if we do that, then the world as we know it changes. Like if we have the glaciers melting, if we have the Amazon rainforest and forest collapsing, then we end up living and living in a very, very different, different world. Um, at one point two degrees uh, above pre-industrial pre uh, heating levels, we've had a very difficult summer. Uh, we're on track to do to be two point seven, two point eight degrees, doing everything that we do. This is this is going to be unrecognizable. So, I would encourage anyone who is out there who's who's thinking about making a change and trying to try to get into so just think about well, what they want to do they be them kind of young person they're going to university or people looking looking to be transitioning their careers to think about getting into sustainability do they think thinking about about getting getting into into environment into something environmental as well because it is the greatest for one wealth creation opportunity that of our generation, like if we're transforming a an energy system, there's tremendous amounts of possibilities in, in in there in there for people to be earning a very good living and to be do to be doing good and to be line, aligning per, aligning per, purpose with profit. We need everyone to be to be to be getting in. Every like all skill sets are required to make to make to make this transformation. So that would be that would be my 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 plea to you would be please 
you are you are welcome. You are needed. You are you are you are absolutely you know, required <laughs> uh, within this. And if you want to come into the organisation, please reach out. Like, like coming into 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 environmental, please reach out to me. I'd be, be delighted to kind of point you left, left, and right, and then in any direction towards it. It's a very fulfilling career. Um, you know, rewarding career, a career with purpose, and it's a career. Personally, after leaving banking, whatever, fifteen years ago, I, I haven't regretted it for one one single day. Amazing. So I'm connected to your uh, vision and uh, inspiration to invite people to every meaningful uh, life, jobs, and to really connect to the bigger picture, to our environment, to look in the long run and not only on the short uh, run on the money. Because money comes and money is poorly, but it's part of it. It's not only, right? When we do good, we, we have meaningfulness in our day-to-day. It's much it's important and the money will come, come afterwards, but think wider, see where are your added values, what you can bring to the world, right? Because each and every one of us has a present and we can bring it to the world and we need it nowadays in this transformative time. Otherwise, we'll be really challenging and we're already experiencing the challenging times, right? So we want to, if we can prevent the curveball going the wrong way and directing it in the right way. So Chris, thank you very much. I really loved your energy and all your insight and wisdom. And I believe people will want to reach out. So where can they find you? But yeah, best place to, to reach out to me is is LinkedIn, uh, Christopher Caldwell, um, C A L D W E L L on LinkedIn. Um, also, uh, Chris underscore C underscore Caldwell at Threads uh, because I don't do Twitter anymore. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, conversations on climate. Uh, just jump on jump on YouTube or, or iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and uh, you'll find it there. Chris, thank you very much for your time and for your insightful. Wisdom. Thank you very much, Karen. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. You're invited to subscribe to our podcast in order to know when we upload a new episode and follow us on social media. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care and bye-bye.